Hello, it's me, Tony. And just to give a quick rundown before we get started with our episode on Ms. and Mrs., our upcoming episodes are on August 26th, we will be having our wrestler draft. So we go through and pick our favorite wrestlers in a 15-round snake draft, can only choose current roster members, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoy that. On September 2nd, we will be doing our SummerSlam review at the Amway Center in Florida. On 9.09, we will be doing our AEW All Out pay-per-view review. As long as we get that recorded kind of shortly after, it is on 9.05, so we just need to make sure that we get that done. And on 9.16, I think most importantly, we have our much-anticipated retcon review of John Cena in the marine the very first one the tried and true jewel of wwe studios we will make sure to give that the full review treatment much like we did with thunder and paradise so we hope you keep listening we hope you have subscribed in your favorite podcast app but as for now we will get on with the show with ms and mrs that are listening to us for some reason in the Netherlands and Israel. Wow. So they get added to the pile alongside Germany and Ireland. And granted, it seems to be one person in those countries, which just show that something is wrong in every single country. (laughs) (laughs) So for this episode, we watched Ms. and Mrs. The, would we say fifth? In the WWE reality saga, if we're counting Holy Foley and Legends House, I think um, I think so. Yeah, that's another one I'm gonna have to watch. 
<laughs> Legends House. That's, <laughs> that's another episode. But yeah, if you count the Tough Enough show, then we're they've been doing this a long time. This is a long time coming. This is more of an evolution. Like the whole real world road rules thing isn't really popular anymore. What's popular is following one family around doing stupid shit. Yeah, in, in the accurate. definitely to just kind of jump right into this. In the various times that I have caught like five minutes of the end of a Chrisley Knows Best episode, this Ooh. seems to be very similar to that. And I think that that is a problem in the show. But regardless, <laughs> let me go into introductions <laughs> here. We are running a smaller crew this time. It is the couples cast. Because I am here, I am Tony, with my wife Tina, and with Marwin and Suzette. Hola! Guten Tag! Hello! So, Tina, since this is your third episode with us, what did you think of Ms. and Mrs.? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, it, it, Susie's right, it's very bite-sized. It's bite-sized reality TV, you know... Without commercials, it's only 20 minutes long, so it's like, you get a nice little dose of just, like, escapism and watching shenanigans happen, as <laughs> you put it, and I thought it was fun. Yeah, I feel like this is a step up from Total Bellas, which is an hour-long show. I feel like they learned a lot of lessons from that. This being 20 minutes, it is yeah. so easy to just run through this thing and kind of forget it's even on. Yeah, I feel like... I was so surprised when it was over. I was like, wait, it's done? Okay, that's like 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> my, my favorite thing is they just kind of like jump right into like the middle of their life. Like there was no build up. There was no, they know who their fans are. You know, you're, you're watching Monday Night Raw. You're watching SmackDown. You know who these two are. They put it on the same network that Raw is aired on, which is smart. And making it a half an hour and putting scenes from the Raws and the Smackdowns that Miz is on in the show, that only mm -hmm. helps reaffirm you should be watching this. If you like this, watch this. If you like this, watch that. And you keep bouncing the shows back and forth between the fans and you keep consistent viewership going. That's that's what I really liked about it. It's that you don't really have to know who the Miz is. They introduce him and Maurice in like five seconds. Here's a clip show. Here's what they do for a living, but this isn't yeah. about that. So if you're someone just tuning in, you're getting a rundown on who the Miz is, Maurice, her mom, for some reason Titus O'Neil at one point. <laughs> and you get to know these people who you did not know before. Yeah, I, I kind of like the, they did like a really quick run through of like how the Miz met Maurice and like like, super quick, like, all right, this is how we met each other, and now we're working together. We've been working together for years, and here we are. So it's, like, you get a quick rundown of what they're, how they met and, like, just how they started, and then it really like, just gets into it. And I think that was good that they didn't, like, do this, like, the first episode wasn't just, like, them meeting yeah. and dating and then showing them married or, like, something like that, where it's just, like, yep, here they are. Here they are right now. They're selling their <laughs> they're house. They're selling their house, and they're pregnant. <laughs> And they're trying to throw a party, and yeah. there's various parents involved in different levels. And right. I, whatever Mrs. Dad and Maurice's mom are, if they do the fusion dance, that's my mom. My yeah. mom, my mom is both <laughs> of those people somehow. 
and it, it, it infuriates me. And it's also like, oh, good. I'm not the only one suffering. Yeah, they are really <laughs> relatable. The Miz and Maurice, despite their status in life, are super relatable people. And at the same time, they manage to yes. stay on brand. The Miz is still a cheapskate. Marie still wants the finer things in life, no matter what. She wouldn't even say yes to a Winnebago, and I thought that thing was cool as hell. I'll take it off her hands if she doesn't want it. <laughs> right? On... Although the scene with, like, Miz trying to close the door in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> and she's like, like, yeah, the... that's my point. It's, Maurice <laughs> is the level of extra that I aspire to be, and Miz is, like, who my mom wishes I was. Just, like, cheap. <laughs> Like, no, pick me up from the airport. I'm not yep. paying $40 for an Uber. I'm not paying $100 for delivery. The line where Miz said, my, I was eight until I was 15, so my dad could get the discount at the Old Country Buffet. Yeah. That's my mom. That's relatable. That, yeah. I'm like, yes. wow, that, I felt that in my soul. I'm like, wow, that's. Yes, 100%. Like, that banana. Yeah. yeah, Miz gets it. <laughs> So, well, of course, he doesn't want yeah, a like, private jet. I'm like, private jet? Yeah, I'd move in a private jet. It takes, like, five, what, not even right? five hours to fly from L.A. to Austin? And you do it in a plane? And you're happy? Yeah, why not do that? No. Not well, one thing that's actually consistent, <laughs> at least across the two episodes, and I imagine this would be a pretty consistent thing across the board, if anything can be said for The Miz... He is a pro at reality television. Mm. He knows exactly what the producers seem to want. He makes sure to be charismatic in basically every scene he's in, whether or not he is playing like either lovable everyman in certain scenes or t or TV sitcom dad. <laughs> yeah. Describe him in the the very clearly scripted segments. <laughs> and it goes back to, um, yeah. I don't know how many of us here listen to the Miz interview on Polk Cabana's podcast, but, oh, he talked, but he talked about how he succeeded in the, in the MTV reality shows. And he did it because a lot of the other people on those shows they just answer the questions when they're posed to him in like confessionals and thing in the little aside segments. Yeah. And he said that he knew very quickly that if you simply answer their questions, they're just going to edit it and manipulate it to have you be a certain character. And what he found is if he gave them more than what they are asking for or gave them what they are asking for basically in advance, he could be his own character. And that <laughs> own character is basically Miz turned up to 11. I'm uh, Mike Mizanin turned up to 11, I would imagine. Um, because he seems to always like make sure that there is a through line narrative wise whenever he's in a segment. And where that suffers is where when the show is doing candids so where it's like single camera they're not switching camera positions so you know this was just like them filming over the course and this was effectively just b-roll and they found something that happened then the show's really good because people are being vaguely natural but once you go to multi-camera setups once once you see 
a shift between three separate cameras all on the opposite ends of each other in the span of five seconds, you're like, oh, this is obviously scripted. And now all of the charisma is gone from this scene. (laughs) I, I did not know it was scripted. So I thought it was all, well, very real, except the Miz would just over... I thought he was purposely misunderstanding people to create a scene for the show. Like the first episode where... Maurice tells him that they have an implied nude photo shoot. And I don't know why the Miz doesn't know what the word implied means, but he walks in there buck-ass nude. <laughs> like, he didn't even think for a second that, hey, implied might mean you don't have to do it. That feels like being purposely stupid for the sake of the cameras. And- <laughs> yeah. They're, I think they're kind of playing up, like, the bad reception thing, where it's, like, they couldn't hear each other, and all you heard was nude, and it's, like, I think they're trying to play that. Yeah, I thought so, bit. and then I remember Twitter exists, and so does Instagram and Facebook Messenger. How are we still having communication issues in, in this time right. period? It, exactly. it, and that's where, bringing this back to The Miz on reality TV before he was a wrestler, that's how he always was. That's what made him stand out on real world. Everybody else was who you expected them to be. And here's this skinny white guy from fucking Ohio who thinks he's cool and he wants to be a professional wrestler because of course he does because he's a skinny kid from Ohio and he just cuts wrestling promos on the real world like just to be a dick. And it's like, there's parts of reality Mm -hmm. TV, like, no, it's not always scripted, but there are parts that are. And those parts, he would take it, go, oh, that's the general gist of this, throw the script away, and then do his own thing how they wanted it. And it was great. And he really leans into that here. Him driving the cake, I feel... I feel like he knew, like, that, that, like, they had... There's no way he didn't know. There's no way he, that's... No. His dad setting him up to do that, I 100% believe that, but I also feel like that was one of the bits that was maybe, like, not so much scripted, but, like, you know it would be really funny? If you try to deliver this cake, yeah. and this cake goes to shit, you should do that. You have the money to go out and buy a new cake, Yeah, you know, and this... then it'll be the one she wants, yeah. and it'll be a whole thing, and then here's Maurice's yep. overbearing, control freak, embarrassing mother... And just to be like, he's full of shit. Look, I can prove it. Look at this shit. Look at this cake in this car. Like, it's like it's yeah. it's the drama from the endearing moment that they set up. That's, that could have been avoided in five minutes, right? And that's the way. That's the way that yeah. it's scripted. It's they they kind of shoehorn in drama where there necessarily wouldn't be, but because it's these people, it's relatable. So it's like I could see that happening. This is clearly set up to make us feel like it's real. But this is a very real, mm-hmm. relatable situation. My mom is definitely, absolutely the person who would go, well, I got you a sheet cake from Ralph's, and it was this big, and it fed everybody, and it was good. Why are you paying $100 to have that yep. cake delivered? That's my mother. <laughs> and so no, him being yeah. conned into doing that, yeah, that's, I, I relate to that. That's my mom. All the money in the world, and you still want me to deliver my own goddamn cake. Cool. I'm going to be a little bit more cynical than that. I don't. I don't That's think... a nice change of pace because I'm usually like gloom and doom and right. Captain Positivity, so I can't wait. Go for it. I don't think his dad talked him into anything. 
the <laughs> the nature of filming a modern television show means that if you are in a location, if you are in a business, you have gotten the go ahead from that business to film in that location. Mm-hmm. So if they are filming inside a bakery that is selling X amount of cakes and they have this thing going where they are supposed to say that, you know, a delivery is going to cost X amount or cake is going to cost X amount, then that's going to be very well known in advance. So across the board, I think that there are two very clear scripted segments in these first two episodes. And it's kind of always what they center around. The first one, it is the implied nude photo shoot, just because it is Ms. Showing up naked to people, to two people who were not consenting to see the Miz naked. <laughs> There's laws against so, that, I believe. Yeah. So to make sure that yeah. the world is still a sane and just place, I'm going to say that that was just scripted and they knew in advance what was happening. I do think that part of that is Miz mimicking the poses that Maurice was doing in her photo shoot was 100% natural because these two seem to be complete goofballs and that's when the show's fun is when they these weird midwestern guy and french lady just are lovable goofs <laughs> together um I told I told Tony like if I know we're not ever having kids but I'm like if we ever had to have a maternity suit I would want you to do that I would want you to like mimic the poses and just like do exactly what they're Yeah, I was thinking said. Tony should do that too. <laughs> he he was only so funny. he was only thinking that about Tony because he had the same thought for himself. <laughs> yep. Like yep. we're not having kids, but <laughs> but if right, we did, one hundred percent absolutely needs to happen. And he he noticed that that scene was kind of scripted. I said, yeah, but it's relatable. I'm like, there is like a reality where. You and I are pregnant. And I'm like, oh, implied new photo shoot. And you're like, I'm not showing up naked. And then that's the last thing we say mm-hmm. to each other because life happens. And then here's Marlon, <laughs> butt-ass naked. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Where are your drawers? What is happening? What? I- explain yourself. I think yeah. that happened without the new photo shoot. But the second <laughs> episode, <laughs> the same thing basically happened again with Titus O'Neil playing like what the telephone game renee young finds out that uh, mary's might have like a little bit of contraction tells Tyler so he goes contractions and then runs across the other side of the arena to find a man yeah. your wife is having contractions and then runs into the other side of the arena again well so, it's <laughs> and i relate to titus o'neill a little bit here contractions and braxton hicks they're two very different things what she was having braxton yeah. hicks contractions does mean yes you are in labor and there's a very real chance that like yep. this could have shown up and like here's a fucking baby like that is a very real possibility so titus o'neill yep. at the end of the episode going you need to learn figure out what the hell stop eating all those cookies and you won't have so many brexton hicks and he like <laughs> looks at her in the soul he goes that's not a contraction that's what that is i'm like yeah that's that's a mood like if somebody told me that somebody like that a woman was having contractions i'm like oh shit baby like yeah. that's happening that's happening yep. right now 
Dad, where's yeah. Dad? Dad's gonna want to see this. Go get him. Whoever the dad is, find him. Hunt him down right now. I want a Titus O'Neil show as a result of this. <laughs> I want Titus O'Neil just hearing things wrong and the shenanigans that happen. There, the there are absolutely three MVP side characters that I want to make known. One is Titus O'Neil because <laughs> Titus O'Neil very disciplinedly telling you to follow him. It's like if Titus O'Neil burst into the door just now and at, and told me to follow him, I would do it. The second one is from the same episode and it is the, the poor, I imagine like 22 year old producer who is driving the Miz <laughs> in the scene where he's, yeah having this bad cell phone reception and him ta talking about the implied nude photo shoot because he just needs to be there and like stare ahead and drive this car. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like almost, he feels like he's center of the frame because the Miz is slightly to the side and he is just larger. So <laughs> your, your eyes are drawn to this poor, just <laughs> dude. Who's just there in completely silence? <laughs> <laughs> Who looks like a deer in headlights because he doesn't seem to know what to do. <laughs> and I I feel like that's like the low key celebrity driver trope. <laughs> like it's I I get paid to drive you. I ask no questions. I have no opinions. You are rich and famous, and I just sit here and I drive yep. you. And the the micro expression. When Miz says nude photo shoot where the driver's eyes shift and then go back, I'm like, yeah, you can't say anything, but you can think it. And yep. and then Miz asks him what he thinks, and he's like, you don't want, like, his whole face is like, I'm not going to tell you what I think, because I will 100% right. absolutely get fired I do at not, best. I do and not have a speaking role in this, so... <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the third one and i imagine that suzette and marwin caught this and tina didn't because she doesn't know who he is but during the party in the second episode they keep showing john morrison and they keep showing this party and it's like why do they keep showing John Morrison like slightly to the side? Am I going crazy? Please take me back. I need work. <laughs> it's terrible out here in Mexico. I I love that. I love like the the spot the celebrity at that party. Avril Lavigne's there. Freaking James Rode didn't bar taking his hat off. Uh, I, I was like, of Ryan course, Cabrera. Maurice are friends with Avril Lavigne because why would they not be friends with her? <laughs> right, Ryan Cabrera. Yeah. I didn't even believe that though. I, I felt like USA got all these people to show up by telling them we're going to be filming. You want to be on TV? And they came in. See, but... I would, I would buy that if if Ryan Cabrera wasn't like super besties with Alexa Bliss and her group of people. Ah, okay. It's it's like it's like the rich meet the rich and they just want to be friends with each other i 100 yeah. percent believe that all of those rich people are friends with each other i mean it's... they're in la so it makes sense that they would like kind of all they probably all run in the same circles and like parties and shit exactly that's true yeah you go to USA one people you go to one party and you know here's the thing you yeah meet somebody and then it just snowballs out of control from there it's kind of like the well look at how we all met and right. me and tina <laughs> met 
and then you and me, and then her and Tony, and now here we are talking about Ms. and Mrs. on a podcast. I don't even know what a podcast is, but happy to help. <laughs> what a beautiful circle this all is. <laughs> they yeah, just send me links and I talk. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's that it, it's that effect. It's that exact same effect. It's just who would be we be friends with if we were rich and famous and verified on Instagram and everybody either wanted to be us, sleep with us, or kill us. John Morrison. <laughs> well, here's the other funny thing about them showing John Morrison constantly at the party. So one of the executive producers on this show is Kevin Dunn, who is the main executive producer of general wwe television or on smackdown and they make a very clear distinction during this episode of having dolph ziggler come up to the miz and say that he's going to this party and they even have like a little confession booth it's like yeah dolph ziggler and i have been friends for a while he lives six minutes away and then we don't see dolph ziggler He person. said he'll beat her so many times. Like, hell yeah, I'll beat her. I wouldn't miss it for the world. See, there's, <laughs> one, there's one scene of him at the beginning, and Dolph's like, here I am, and then you never see him again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they filmed that separately. <laughs> I feel I feel like they like I either I have a theory. I have a couple theories. Either one Dolph Ziggler is the party girl at the party and he drank way too many tequila sunrises and he's passed out in somebody's bathtub somewhere. Mm. Uh, relatable. Um, or or uh, he was late and he missed all of this and where Dolph Ziggler supposed to be, that's where John Morrison is. And they uh... needed another like WWE face, like another wrestler face. And that's why John Morrison's there so much. Like, I think that was supposed to be Dolph Ziggler, and then because of who he is, he was just late. Dude, what if he's a flake? What if he's missed every title opportunity because he's just late to them? And it's just a <laughs> fake that happens. He just doesn't show up to anything. I feel like in the kayfabe, he was probably late, but my headcanon is that everyone in the production, like the general WWE production and this show's production, knows that... Dolph Ziggler is kind of the worst. So, <laughs> so they're like, oh yeah, we had this whole through line with them, but yeah, we just don't like Dolph Ziggler. I distinctly recall getting into wrestling and absolutely everyone in the in the FARC wrestling community, which what I was a part of, we had like ongoing threads where we, where we all watched Raw, is it was always like, oh, why isn't Dolph Ziggler being pushed? And then he had the really, really cool cash-in at, mon at Money in the Bank after WrestleMania 29. And it's like, yeah, Dolph Ziggler is getting pushed. And then he got a concussion. And then he uh. went away for a while. And then we realized that every time he does promos, he shouts like he's from the 1980s. And his character goes nowhere. And everyone is just tired of Dolph Ziggler now. And I think that's just gone into actual life now. Oh, that's oh my God, he's real life Christian. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I thought you were, when he said the, the shouting, I thought you meant that was because of the concussion. I thought he just shouts now. He can't help himself. That poor guy. Uh, I, yeah. That cake, though, that I... I understand Maurice, like I relate to her a whole lot. Aesthetic over everything. That yeah. cake 
looks so much better on that table than the original cake that Mike yeeted, slamming on his brakes. Like that, that cake, that four tier cake, that cake was perfect for everything that she set up. So I, I, I relate to her. Maurice is a level of extra that I aspire to be. <laughs> I want to know what that so cake tastes good. like. Right. That's what I was Me curious too. about. And then the end of the episode, guess how many pieces of the cake got eaten? Zero. <laughs> Nobody ate the cake. It's so funny. Like, I don't of even course. know what flavor it is. No, they don't get it. They don't get into that. They're just like, Miss goes back and like, I need a cake right now. Like right this second. Like that's not how bakeries work though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I was pissed off for it. I'm just looking at that. We require 48 hours notice for our orders. For us, for something that size, this dude wanted it fucking now. Right. Like if... The it is a little different your situation in like a private bakery. A private bakery, yeah. they probably have like they're like cake boss. They have like here's you know here's this cake that we you know we have set up for you know in case stuff like that happens. Do they do? Yeah, they no. do. We used a private bakery for the wedding, they and they, they would. Oh, they don't. They oh. don't do instant cakes. No. Uh, well, cake, cake. Like I was telling you, that's not a thing that oh, we do. do. Well, no cake boss does that. it. That's why I thought that that transcended. No, that's cake boss. He could afford to do that. Yeah, because there was an yeah. episode about his show like that. It was kind of the same thing, and he—that's what he does—is he makes you know, different, various cakes in different sizes in case he gets walk-ins and then he can, you know, stack them however. And then if they don't get used, he turns them into cake balls. See, here's what I immediately thought. Here is this guy walking in on a closing shift. See, all our cake decorators, they go home after 2 p.m. Here's this guy walking in where it's just like, say, just me there. All I could do is maybe ride on a cake and give you a cake. And mm -hmm. he's like, I'll give you $1,000 to make a cake right now. You're getting the shittiest cake possible at that moment. I do right. not know how to bake, and that's what you're getting. I'm surprised that wasn't what he got. I yeah, have uh, a, th I have a theory that it's the styrofoam display. I feel like that goes back to what Tony was saying about it being pre-recorded yeah. and pre-scripted. Because otherwise, you were not getting a cake. Your, your right. day sucks. I'm sorry. It's over. And like, I, I'm or they stole someone else's cake that like they didn't have to <laughs> up that day, like. Well, the booze needs a cake, so I guess you're SOL. <laughs> like, some, somebody in the wedding, like, didn't get, actually get a cake. <laughs> I'm mad I thought to bake it. a cake before stealing someone's cake. <laughs> yeah. a much better option. I'm pretty sure they just had, like, the styrofoam, like, display piece sitting in the, in the, on the table. Especially because the Miz said no one ate the cake. And I think that was just part of the funny thing. Like, haha, -ha, they actually didn't have a cake. I, I think we could put together what happened behind the scenes on both episodes, and I feel like the real story is funnier than what they showed us. <laughs> Isn't that always how it is, though? Yeah, how it is. In fact, I want, like, alternate cuts where there wasn't a misunderstanding and the episodes are five minutes long. Yes. I would binge through the crap out of that. <laughs> yeah. I would like, why it. don't you just deliver it? Oh, well, let's deliver it instead. Okay, and then there's credits, and the show's over. Marisa's happy, and that's it. No drama. I like well, it. Well, and that's and then you don't have reality TV anymore. Not not real reality TV. Right. I can make conflictless reality TV and just see where that takes me. Just feel good reality <laughs> feel TV. Good. Everything was nice, the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like kind of like, circling back with Tony said, like shenanigans needs to happen. Cause I like I saw him carrying this cake in like the tiniest box on earth. I'm like, 
That should have a protective cover. Like, Tony's like, no, but shenanigans need to happen. That case <laughs> Like, we can see it coming from a mile away, because obviously you would have, like, a protective box over it. No one, no or one like hand you a cake and say good luck. Or unless like, I work there. Somebody, somebody <laughs> sitting in bakery. the back seat. Like, why wasn't Mrs. Dad in the back seat holding, holding the, the cake? cake? Yeah, or put it in there. They have like a giant ass SUV. Put it in the trunk where it's more flat. <laughs> Again, Tony, the shenanigans. The camera needed to see the cake <laughs> to see it happen. Just making all the worst decisions just because the camera is there. <laughs> and I'm excited for so, the third episode. They got me. I'm hooked. I know. We need to keep watching. This needs to be like a little like mini series, like between between like pay per views, <laughs> like on the four of us we- just talking about Ms. and Maurice. Hey, I'm here for it. I am 100 percent absolutely this. here for it. So Tina, going into my next question, which parent did you like more? Maurice mom or Ms. Dad? I think I like Maurice's mom because she seems fun. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't know. <laughs> I love that shirt. I of the two of them, my mom is very much both of those people. My mom is the kind of person to blow up a picture of me and Marlon, oh yeah, butt fucking naked, and show it to everybody. Oh yeah, to us. That's my mother. And my mother is also a cheapskate. My mother is your seven years old, even though, you know, you have, you're clearly not. Yep. Uh, but I'm getting the little kid discount at the old country buffet because it's cheaper. Your height probably doesn't help. No, that's right. it. That, that, my mom I, did that's that. I, oh, my God. For, like, Susie, you can really just, like, the great escape. Like, I was 12 until I was, like, 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's like, and this is, you know, my 12-year-old child. Exactly. Everybody really buys like it. Be- yeah, because everybody buys it because you're so short. And that's why I kept getting away with it, and my sister didn't. Because my sister, for reasons unbeknownst to me, despite being the baby, she's yep. four inches taller than me. Which Damn, is you, bullshit. You've my sister. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, how did this... looks older. I have the baby face, and I'm short. Right. I'm like, how did this happen? This is not fair. So I was always the kid with the discount. And my sister was until like, she was taller than me. And then it didn't work. Yeah, I I obliterated that in the fifth grade with my one foot height jump and mustache. (laughs) (laughs) He's totally 10. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, sir, he has a beard. (laughs) I am little boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm clearly eight years old. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's not working. Maybe, it, maybe it's because of a few interviews that Miz did about his dad that I really like his dad as a character because it is everyone's like Midwestern dad. the The story that you hear Miz tell a little bit um, in the second episode is he went into in greater detail on some of the interviews that he's done where he's been in wrestling for as long as he has been. But if anyone asks his dad, like candidly, who's your favorite wrestler, he'll generally say the rock. (laughs) (laughs) And 100%. If my dad listened to podcasts because he didn't think that they were tracking him somehow, (laughs) I am 100% sure that if he listened to like a series of podcasts and, made sure to listen to absolutely every single episode of Fantasy Bookers. If someone just asked him, hey, 
what's your favorite podcast? He would name off like some some, some conservative bullshit instead of the one that his two sons on no show versus our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my favorite podcast. Like that would clearly, that would one hundred percent be your father. <laughs> he would name off every other podcast that exists except for this one. <laughs> that's and by the time he gets there, it's like, oh, and Tony's, <laughs> and that's that's my mom too. My mom is that person. Hey, mom, you know who's who's your favorite like Instagram artist? Oh, well, you know I really like this. You know this person that draws this and that person that draws that. I'm like, hello, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Unfortunately, Mrs. Dad is everyone's that is that do this, do this, do this. No, we're not doing this. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Oh, that didn't work. Well, of course it didn't work. You're belligerent about it, but I did it. Is it ruined? I don't know, Dad. What do you think? Right. <laughs> Drops the cake. What now? Who's doing this? That's man. That is my mom. And you were, this is your idea. Uh, yeah, that's my mom. Like, hey, I have this really good idea. Mom, that's a terrible idea. It's gonna work out. No, it's not. It doesn't work out. Oh no, what do I do? I don't know. Let's go back to my plan, the good idea that I had in the first place, right. and none of this would have happened. I think Shane McMahon watched episode two and beat the crap out of Mrs. Dad because of it. <laughs> I'd, I'd pull him out of the audience, too. You're that jackass that ruined that cake. Come here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that, sadly, with it being half an hour long instead of an hour, which I'm thankful for that it's short, Yeah. Uh, it there's like not much to talk about it's a lot of like the drama in the episode is always very low stakes it's not like life or death you constantly have in the back of your mind that these people are millionaires and mm -hmm. nothing matters just mm -hmm. just none of this matters <laughs> and there's no character drama to it so it's I don't know. It's one of those <laughs> things where I'm not a huge fan of reality television. Tina knows because Tina watches um, watches Married at, uh, Married at First Sight, and I'm the one who constantly <laughs> points out like, oh yeah, this was obviously filmed at two separate times when they're yep. trying to make it like the conversation is happening. <laughs> um, or anything <laughs> like that. Just, I, I get tired of shows bullshitting in some cases because yeah. I distinctly remember when the real world was on. I didn't watch it myself but I distinctly remember it being like a lot of, at least in the first seasons, a lot of single cameras and not a whole lot going on. It's just like, hey, this is basically a science experiment and you are watching us put all of these people into a house and watching things ensue. And to make sure things ensue, we will just make sure that they have literally all of the alcohol on the planet. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with Big Brother, too. Big Brother was very similar. Like, my sister was obsessed with that show for years. I never really Oh, God, I remember it. that. I remember yeah. her Big Brother phase. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was, like, a thing with her. Because it was, like, on three times a week. And, like, they would make it a thing to, like, sit and watch it. And I just couldn't get into it. Because I'm like, this is boring. But because they needed shenanigans to ensue, like, they had, like, games, and they had, like, competition, and, like, you know, someone had to eat, like, gruel for a week because they lost or something like that. Like, kind of, like, stuff like that. That reminds me of Road Rules a bit. Road Rules, I think, also had events like that. That was, it was all, it was all yeah. a challenge. It was, it was, you know, here's this bus, and you have to do these challenges. What was, 
what was cool about real world the very first season of real world it was very real it was all these people in all these different professions that lived in a house together and single cameras followed these people around in their real lives Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't reality tv the way we know like jersey shore yeah like big brother like survivor like all that it was very real yeah but it didn't take off the way they wanted it to because there were no shenanigans like i preferred it the original the original cast had like it was a lawyer a waitress um like a sales executive uh a teacher you know all these people who had you know similar enough schedules and then there was like the one person who worked like third shift that was always asleep when everybody was you know awake and then they said oh well this isn't you know it's not taking off what can we do and they added you know light scripting they added you know the pretty people factor it's like oh you know where where are all the like the hot people not doing anything that happen to have like you know upper middle class rich white people money then they also like do things like take away the tv so they're forced to talk to each other and interact with each mm-hmm. other yeah I'm pretty sure they took roommates and just made a show out of that they realized we don't need the games people create the conflict by themselves just put them together force them to talk it's just going to happen and then add all the alcohol in the world right and shenanigans ensue and then here's you know some light scripted bits or like real world for a little while they would have they had like the hidden camera and it was you know people shit talking about other people in the house and then the hidden camera footage would get leaked and it's like oh you said this about me you don't like me you don't like me let's we're gonna fight now and then there's Mm -hmm. a big argument and everybody's throwing things and they're swearing and flipping the bird yeah there was one season the girl was a nudist so she would just walk around naked all the time and that ruby i think so that's what i remember i remember the one with her and this woman that was just a crazy alcoholic I think that was Ruby just raging alcoholic the entire season. That's the same season. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's the same season. <laughs> she had a clear problem and they just turned it to a plot point. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's 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 real. That's all that, that's really real. Whatever she's feeling in, in her heart and soul right now, that's real. But so Suzette, they... since you're the reality television watcher, I will pose this question to you. Does Ms. and Mrs. succeed in spite of its format? Is it simply successful because Miz and Maurice are legitimately two incredibly charismatic and interesting people? And beneath the framework of it, it is simply reliant on that when the framework is actually very similar to other reality shows that simply fail. Ones that are based in heavily scripted segments and shenanigans. It's, I think it. I think it succeeds in spite of all that and also a little bit because of it. Taking the Miz, putting him in his element, half an hour, lightly scripted reality television, you throw in his very real wife that he loves very much, his dad that he loves very much, his mother-in-law that he loves but irritates her, that whole, that trope. Um like the bit where he's like how would you she goes how do you say like penis in english and he goes wait a minute no how do you how do you say it i want to hear this and then we don't know what she said because it was bleeped but it's it's very endearing you know ms being himself again and he 
doesn't get enough credit for the success of the real world. The real world was a hit because of him and everybody who mimicked him after that. Those Ooh, that's some high praise. Those are the people. Those are the people who got reality show famous. The people who mimicked the Miz and his model of I'm not just going to answer your question. I'm not just gonna you know, give you something you can manipulate. No, I'm going to fly completely off the fucking rails and you're not going to be able to twist that. You have to take the whole thing. You get, it's an all or nothing mentality. And then you have, these two have a very prominent social media presence. So you get the social media people involved and it's like, uh, like their implied nude, nude photo shoot. That's, I remember the day that dropped on Instagram and I'm like, Miz is fucking naked. (laughs) Why is the Miz naked? Nobody asked for that. So that's super planned. And I feel like he wouldn't do the show if it wasn't scripted. He did the slightly unscripted stuff before. It's freaking chaotic. If we saw Miz and Maurice's real problems on TV, that would be a completely different show. And I would watch every single season. But (laughs) as is, this leans more into the WWE TV PG audience that they had at a time that, look, this is Miz's life. Oh, ain't that zany. Hijinks ensue. There's no real shit happening. Miz is not going to call Maurice a bitch in any of these episodes or like some weird swear word or anything. I'd love to watch that, but that's not what we're going to get. That we're was... going to get a season of just hijinks like this and misunderstandings based on their phones instead of any real issues. See, now, Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson had a show, and that was very much their real life. It was That was their mission. It was very much a... We don't want it to be scripted. It was a, It was a big deal that their show was unscripted. And then all of a sudden, Jessica Simpson, who had a very posh upbringing, she had, you know, staff. She never had to do her own laundry. She never had to go grocery shopping. All of these very real human things she didn't know how to do, and she became a laughingstock because of it. And their marriage fell apart. The end of their reality show was the the dissolving of their relationship. It was a very real, you got to watch their relationship fall apart in real time. So you think people are trying to avoid that scenario? I think people are, I think they learned their lesson from that reality show and didn't make that because it was very much a, wow, this is way too real because when it's good, when it's Ms. and Maurice, people that love each other, people that are having babies, people that are on the same page, you know, that could be very cool. But when it's something as volatile and incompatible as Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson were, it, it makes for very, very bad in a bad way reality TV where this is like, it's like, what's her name on real world being an alcoholic? It's like, wow, that's too real. That's too real. That's too much. I kind of don't want to see that. Like, I'm not, I'm just watching this person's life fall apart for real. And it, it it's a certain level of realness that takes away from the escapism that reality TV is supposed to be. So you're saying a Miz and Marie show is Miz and Marissa is very different from Randy, Randy Macho Man Savage and Elizabeth, the TV show. Yeah, exactly. Just be scary. Yeah, that's if you put them, if you put that couple in this exact same environment. No, that's Randy Savage telling her what she can and can't wear, how she can and can't talk. Where she can and can't go. I'd probably watch that too. It's it's, it's scary, but I'd be I'd be fascinated. No, that's that's a little that's a little too real. It's like it's not escapism anymore. It's not fun anymore. It's just I just feel sorry for you. So people, you're saying audiences say they want reality TV, but they don't 
really want reality TV. No one really wants reality reality. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rea- reality reality at this point is covered if you pay attention to people's social media, regardless of how scrubbed they are. I mean, you can look at just what happened this week with AEW and the debut of their Heels fan club thing. Yeah, what was that? And so so Brandy Rhodes started to build her new character and it's very clear what she's doing from the most recent like women's tag team classic where she has a big promo saying like she won basically all on her own and did you know she's an influencer she has this this many followers and she's very clearly leaning into the criticism that she seems manufactured but they have this debut of AEW heels which is a god awful way to do th- do things for multiple reasons <laughs> and <laughs> completely screwed up the entire thing and it leads to brandy brandy Rhodes first attempting to defend it then cody attempting to defend her in a really stupid way and then brandy Rhodes just outright deleting her twitter <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, if you want, if you want the depressing reality, I understand that Ms. and Mrs. are probably saying that, oh well, we want it to remain like wholesome and lighthearted and fun. So let's let's basically just make this a sitcom only with a reality show mm-hmm. core, um, rather than let's follow these people around and see their day to day lives because. Ms. and Maurice have a real estate company. They do like all of these various side projects. Ms. is basically a full-time PR person for WWE. It's a lot. They do a lot of work. Um, and I imagine that it's really, really stressful. And if you listen to Ms.'s interview with Colt Cabana, that's before Ms. is even in this position. And Ms is still on 100% of the time. That entire interview is Colt trying to bring Miz out of his, like, corporate shell and get beyond the, like, protective way he goes about himself when he's being interviewed, but just not able to because the Miz is just too good and too closed (laughs) off. You you bring up a, a good point there that Miz, he's too good at this. He's, ironically enough, not real enough. How about we try another couple? What if we got like a Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae type reality that. show? I'd watch that. I'd of just watch... their adventures in Florida trying to do NXT speaking, every week. Speaking of like train wrecks and like relationships that maybe would go sour Nick Lachey, Jessica Simpson style, Mia Yim and Keith Lee. Let's Whoa. talk about those two for a second. They went, on, they went on a vacation together. She posted three selfies, zero shots of him, despite the two of them being on vacation. And you see his back in one of her boomerang shots. Like now, maybe. here's my issue with that. A, do, does he dislike social media? Not Probably not, because he posts pretty, pretty, pretty regularly for a guy who's as private as he is. And two, if you're on vacation with somebody and you're famous and you're going against Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, you know, kayfabe, 
the, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae are all over social media hyping each other up. Johnny Gargano baked her a cake for her birthday last year in the shape of a castle. Mm. You know, they are all over Instagram. Look at us. Look at our dog. Look at how much we love each other. Keith Lee and Mia Yim? And not so much. I feel like whatever Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano are doing, Mia Yim and Keith Lee, they're closer to Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. I, I think if you put them on a reality show similar to this, that's the way their relationship would go. It, it's So not every relationship can stand up to the Ms. and Mrs. test. You can't just pick a couple. I, that's part of why I want to just pick a random couple. I would have liked to have seen why that deteriorated and them forcing to be a thing on TV despite that. But that's just me uh, watching good TV despite the people on it having shit lives. <laughs> me as a person it's you have to be to get the the quality level of show triple h and stephanie i watch that to get the quality the level of quality show that you have here in a bite-sized 30-minute reality show it is the perfect storm of the miz and all his experience maurice and english being her second language and her leaning into that and her mom knowing like 20 words in English. You know, that's, it's, it's the perfect storm of endearing, relatability, charm, and experience. You would not be able to recreate this show in this format with this much success with and just anybody else. It would have to be a very specific pick and choose. How are we gonna, who can we pick to recreate this and make this work. Total Divas, Total Bellas, that worked because for reasons unbeknownst to me, people love the Bellas. I don't get it, but the Bellas, but the Bellas are doing similar things that Ms. and Maurice are doing. They own a skincare line. They own a winery. They own a clothing line. They are trying to be in movies. They are influencers similar to Brandy Rose. If you take people that are doing all these things, make a reality show about them. That's cool. If you have just regular people, regular famous people, just being regular famous people, it doesn't work. Ah, so the Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch show is not going to work out. No, <laughs> I, I would, I would like to watch that just so I can hear her from her own mouth, blame him for ruining her career for 12 episodes. Yes. I'd watch her yell at him for 12 episodes. He deserves so, it. so I will. Well, we're into the into the hour here, so I will give some time for final thoughts, but I will focus it on this question. So, if you have, we've gone through a few different shells of reality television here. We have a show that's basically TV sitcom, only it's a reality TV like Ms. and Mrs. We have complete slice of life unscripted like uh the nick lachey jessica simpson one i honestly forget what that was called uh and then <laughs> and then let's just add one in there and just say like pure slice of life this would be akin to like hbo's hard knocks which follows a uh an incoming team in the nfl as they prepare for the season um, and just follows the individual players around and they find through lines that way. That's so like, if um, you... I was going to say, that's, go speaking of, it's on the same subject. It's like MTV's True Life, 
that they had in the 90s, mm-hmm. Triple H and China were a guest star on that. And we got a look into their relationship and their life. That's, it was actually really good. Those two are really endearing, which is why their split made no sense to me. It came out of nowhere. And that was a show that was unscripted. It was just Triple H in China and airports and restaurants just being themselves, being a really cute couple. And how they have to function this relationship around wrestling. And yeah, if you're going for a super hyper realistic in relationship, we could, I still think that's a, there's an audience for that, at least in me. Yeah. So if you had any of those three sh- three shells, what w- which wrestler would you want to see in which particular individual format? I have two because I'm the host, so I'll take two. And <laughs> <laughs> one is um, I would want to see like the unscripted style, like slice of life, uh, focusing on Renee Young and John Moxley. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. And the other one would be if we're just following around a bunch of people and finding what through lines, I really, really want to see what the hell is going on with the hearts. Just in general. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh the just the entire line. <laughs> the the holy foley thing where it's him and his, his influencer kid. Yeah. I I would like me personally, I would love a Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae show in the exact style of Ms. and Mrs. I love those two. I love their relationship. I love how open they are about how much they love each other. They're very endearing. They're dorky. They're Disney pass holder people. They go to the Christmas story house every year on Christmas. It's, they are just adorable. And I would love to see lightly scripted hijinks mixed in with their very real we love to love each other aesthetic oh so you're going cuddly with it i'm I'm going very cuddly johnny gargano needs to show personality somehow i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah heel gargano come on it's that's it's not working right now but i'm gonna go the opposite hyper realistic let's continue the whole dead man documentary and follow the undertaker and michelle mccool in Texas, Undertaker try to get one more match again and again and again and try to live with just being retired and just day-to-day life and going to the supermarket and regular-ass things as The Undertaker and Michelle McCool just dealing with shit. Oh, God, it's just the Osbournes following it- Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's a really tall Ozzy Osbourne. That's really all he is. It's real life matter for some reason, I think. <laughs> Just, I want to follow The Undertaker just saying awful things to people that are just un-PC and people just dealing with it or arguing. I, the shit that comes out of his mouth would be enough to run a reality show for me. It, the, the shit that comes out of his mouth is it, it's mind-numbing to me. And it's I, I said it on an episode before, and I'll say it again. Michelle McCool weaseling her way into Undertaker's marriage and splitting up him and Sarah... No, she did Sarah a favor. You made your bed, you lie in it. This is this man. This is how he is. No, you deserve this shit. This fucking blatant neglect for your needs and wants because he's focused on himself. Yeah, no. Sorry, not sorry. You kind of deserve it. So, Tina, you don't watch wrestling a lot or at least don't pay attention to it. Is there any sort of wrestling personality that you would want to see like a reality show on? That you can think of. I, there's honestly no one I can think of off the top of my head that I would be like, yeah, I totally want to see that. 
I mean, Renee Young and John Moxley would be interesting because I just want to see John Moxley outside of the ring in general because, like, mm-hmm. I've only ever seen him as, like, a character. So I'd like to see him as, like, a person. Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's where the line is drawn. I, like, The Miz, there's no line. That's just who the guy is. Right. Is John Moxley, he looks like heroin got on legs and got a belt. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm wondering if he's just that person in real life, too. Yeah, I, I want to know, like, if he's a completely different, like, person to like in general day-to-day life than how he is in the ring and just as a, like he's a crazy person in the ring that i've seen of him and like i just want to see if he's a different person or if that's just his life in general he's just a general crazy person i would make it zany and yeah do that have him like sleep on thumbtacks like he can't sleep without <laughs> having thumbtacks in his bed it, well leaning into that that's a very real take you remember the table for three episodes when he was in the shield, he was the guy that slept on the floor. Yeah, what is wrong with that Seth, guy? Seth and Roman, they got the beds. He slept on the floor because they all wanted to They wanted to bond. They traveled together. They slept in the same room. And if there wasn't a couch in the room with the two beds, he slept on the floor. And that was his thing. So, like, how – I'm going to give this one to Tony. Tony picked the best one because I 100% agree. Where is the line? Because those two eloped behind wwe's back and he was wearing her hair tie as a wedding ring in the ring like the the monday or thursday after like how i want to know how what your relationship is like that you made that decision at this at at the risk of both of your careers you just went and did that shit what is that relationship like that's yeah well on that note lana and rusev they're another rusev Let's yeah, see. they're they're cute as shit, and Rusev is no longer in WWE, but they still keep it going on Instagram. We're just gonna keep naming wrestling couples. Like I, when uh, Tina, you were talking about Moxley and Renee Young, I was just thinking, I guess a shenanigans reality show with Darby Allen and Priscilla Kelly. Kind <laughs> of fun. Oh God! <laughs> oh, it's God. just he injured himself again. Um, he keeps trying to do like skateboarding tricks and injuring himself in literally every scene. <laughs> yeah, in the kitchen. <laughs> and to, piggy, to piggyback off of Tony's, you know, split between like couples where there's one on WWE and one in AEW. Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Uh, they yeah. are very private. Like they post very posed, very deliberate pictures. On Instagram, that is a very structured life those two have. So are they that structured because of their their corporate ties? Or are they that structured because that's who they are as a people? You know, where's that line? And yeah. I, I, I know we're trying to, like, end it and all. But this, brings, <laughs> <laughs> this made me realize something about wrestling. I miss that reality TV element. I wish the show was actually more like Ms. and Mrs. I wish I couldn't tell where that line ended. Instead of watching Raw and SmackDown, thinking, "Well, that's that's clearly not real, is it? That's not who you are." I miss that line where if someone's just going home to just unpack their things and sleep in their bed, Triple H might be waiting underneath with a sledgehammer. I miss weird shit like that. And if we could somehow like blend this, like, oh, we brought this up with BTE and AW as well and AW Dark, blend that together, make sure we can't see where that line is. They have something good, like Shane McMahon attacking Miz's dad. That is a good-ass start. Keep that going. 
Well, and on that note, I will simply say that, sorry, Marlon, kayfabe is dead. It will always be dead. <laughs> it, it was dead even when kayfabe was a thing. So this has been Fantasy Bookers. Um, we are going to some really strict episodes coming up because we have our draft episode coming up. We're going to have a SummerSlam episode. We're going to have an all-out episode. And then we're going to kind of open up into the month of September. So we will keep in line with that. But for now, I guess we'll end it here. Fantasy Bookers is edited by me, Tony. Our podcast artwork is by Lily Hawk Inc., who you can follow on Instagram at Lily Hawk Inc. We do have a Facebook page, which you can find on Facebook at Fantasy Bookers. You can follow me on Twitter at the Pecoraro, and you can follow Marwin on Twitter at Marwin Muses. We will see you back next week with our draft episode, and we'll see you then. Thank you.